This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Disabled Persons Assembly Notable Radio Show. A whole new attitude coming your way on Otago Access Radio. DPA is the voice of all disabled people, whether the disability be physical, sensory, learning, psychosocial or age-related. Tune in to hear how we can work collaboratively to achieve inclusion for all New Zealanders. DPA's notable radio show every second Friday afternoon at 1.30 on Otago Access Radio, 105.4 FM and 15.75 AM. Kia ora tātou everyone and welcome to Disabled Persons Assembly Notable Radio for this Friday, the 1st of April 2022. We are already into April, we are only a fortnight away from Easter, that is just incredible. And as we turn into autumn, the weather is also turning. It's still nice and tight here at Octopoti, so hopefully we can enjoy some more sunny days before autumn well and truly descends upon us. And just and today on the program, I have a guest, and the guest is Olivia Shivas. Some people may know or have seen her, but she is currently a Potiaki journalist for staff who mainly concentrates on their disability issues around. Uh, kia ora and welcome to the program, Olivia. Kia ora, Chris. Yes, okay. Now, to begin with, what is your role with stuff as a journalist? How did you come into the field of journalism? So my role at Stuff is I am on the Potiaki team. So um, Potiaki is a Māori word and it means to um, to stand up for or to, um, to be strong, to um, represent our um, underrepresented voices. So it's not just at in our editorial but across Stuff. But um, my specific editorial team at Stuff, we are looking at, I guess, raising the profile and amplifying those underrepresented voices. So my particular area of interest is with disability issues. So I got into journalism, um, I always knew since I was a kid, um, <laughs> my friends and I, we had our own radio show, kind of like this. We did it at a, my parents' office and it was about a young girl and her pet dragon. So we just recorded this on her parents' old computer and it was really fun and we just like talked and made up stories. And her mum said to me uh, one day, Olivia, you'd be a really good journalist. And I didn't even really know what a journalist was at the time, Um, but it just kind of like stuck with me. And I think as I got older, I kind of realised the stories we see about disabled people uh, weren't told very well. So as a bit of context as well, I am disabled. Um, and I never really felt like I could relate to the stories about other young women with disabilities, especially um, in the mainstream media. So I guess, yeah, that was kind of one of the reasons and, you know, among others why I wanted to become a journalist. I was like, well, if no one else is going to do it, I might as well do it myself. Yeah, absolutely. And was one of my goals in, in early in my life too. And eventually I did and have done some freelance writing but anyway given that you're one of the first people if not the first person to hold a specific disability round in a mainstream media news organization how are you finding that 
Well, there's a lot to cover within the disability sector. Um, and yeah, I just, I uh, obviously, I guess because I've got that lived experience, I genuinely do care about the people I talk to and the issues that are raised. And I, you know, at some, some there's one thing I guess there's, there, as a journalist, you obviously sh- should care about what you're writing about. But I guess for me, I'm still figuring out that boundary in terms of my own um, independence as a journalist and also, you know, caring and having a heart towards these people and the issues that I'm covering. So I'm, that's one thing I'm still working out. Um, but yeah, there's just so much to cover and I'm only just one person who's trying to cover a lot. I guess this year is a big mm-hmm. year in Aotearoa. We've got the new Ministry for Disabled People being set up. And then whenever there's things like a crisis, you know, Omicron, you know, other other big national stories, um, part of my role is to put a disability lens over it. And we've had a lot happening just in the general news, but adding that other level, you know, in terms of how does this affect disabled people? And we know that whenever there is a crisis, disabled people are often worse off than non-disabled groups. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot going on and yeah, just figure out my workflow and um, yeah, just wanting to do my best for my community um, and also look, look after myself as well. Obviously, yes, it's a huge, huge round, a huge area in and of itself, as I also know. Anyway, what sort of stories have you covered in a short time since you've been with stuff? You've alluded to some already, but perhaps what are some of the big ones? Yeah, well, I guess the last few months has, you know, a lot of the news coverage has been about the Omicron outbreak. Um, how has the government looked after or not looked after the disabled community during this time I mean not just the last few months but the last two years um the disability rights commissioner launched an inquiry into um how disabled people were cared for during the outbreak so um looking into that and how um yeah I guess illustrating that through the stories that we're writing um and the people that we interview and um so yeah I think that's been a big one the last few few months um yeah, but I mean, people come to me for stories because they, um, you know, they, I guess they they trust me as a disabled person to take on their story because I can empath- empathize with them to a certain extent. So that's mm-hmm. also quite an honor. Um, and yeah. Absolutely. This really nicely, your response really nicely segues into the next question. What do you think of the role of disabled people in journalism and how important is it to have that disability voice in our mainstream and social media as well? Yeah, I think it's important to have all voices represented in the media and um, and social media. I guess in terms of uh, underrepresented voices um, and, you know, specifically talking, you know, I think this is for all underrepresented voices, but when I can talk about my personal experience um, with disability, um, like I was saying, if you know, a disabled person wants to share their story, they, they trust another disabled person a bit more, not just because you can relate to them, but I'm very um, aware of how disabled people have been portrayed in the media in the past. So I avoid using words such as suffers from their disability mm. or is wheelchair bound. Like those are kind of like 
basic <laughs> rules that most disabled people are aware of, but non-disabled reporters or journalists um, are not so educated in their area. So I guess it's not just those words, but it's also how disabled people are portrayed. Um, there was a story that I was looking at and um, this group had, hadn't kind of really publicised it to media just because they were aware that it could be seen as portraying disabled people in quite a patronising way, but they were okay for me to take on the story because they know I wouldn't do that and I would actually make it a disability issues-based story rather than a, you know, disability inspirational porn story, which we often see. So I mm. think, yeah, it is really important to have that authentic voice um, in our storytelling and in the narratives we tell about disabled people. Okay. And one of the other things I just that wasn't on the questions I have prepared for you, but one that has just come to mind is that in 2013 I wrote the disability issues report around the, the, for the Convention Coalition. This is on disability attitudes within the media, and I'm just wondering as to whether you or any of your colleagues have ever read that. I can provide the reference to you, but there was a report that came out in 2013 on that, and it, it made some of the points that you've just been making. So if you're, any of your other colleagues sort of picked up on that report and also the sort of attitudes that you're trying to change, are you trying to change them as well at the newsroom level for your presence? I know it's a loaded question, but uh, sorry, a uh, sort of a question of many layers, but I think it's quite important to really, um, yes, I've, I've seen some progress over that point, over those uh, years, over the years since 2013, and including in your appointment. But do you think that, uh, that, that your appointment would aid that? Yeah, I haven't um, seen the report myself, so please, you know, send it to me. Um, sure. But I do think that um, newsrooms are doing better, um, but, you know, still not perfect, and there is a long way to go. One thing I have, I mean, not every disabled person goes out there to be a disability advocate, but I think just the fact that you exist as a disabled person, you naturally do become an advocate <laughs> for disabled people, and I feel like... Um, I probably have embraced that a lot more um, just in my role. And, you know, I want to be able to use my platform in a, in a positive way. So not just, um, you know, at work, but in all the different kind of groups and social groups that I'm in. Um, it just, you know, just comes to me. It just happens. But specifically at stuff I've done, um, workshops and training around disability um, reporting and how we can tell those stories better. Um People will often call me or message me, you know, through work about, um, you know, advice on how to tell a story about a disabled person. And I am genuinely, like, really happy to do that yeah. um, because it means that they, they care and they are aware that, um, you know, it hasn't been done well in the past and it could be no. done better. Um, so, yeah, I get an email or a phone call at least once a week from various colleagues across the country um on you know simple things like should we use the word able-bodied or non-disabled or should we use special needs or mm. disability like things like that and again like to be honest overall there's no kind of like right or wrong answer but it's in terms of like I guess the choices and the words we use 
does make an impact on how disabled people are portrayed. So those types of conversations are important. So, yeah, we are doing work in that space, and I think it is getting better. Like, we don't see the words suffering from or wheelchair-bound as much as we used to. That's Um, right. But, yeah, there's still, you know, uh, room to improve, not just stuff but across our media industry not just news but in you know film and television and you know like you're saying social media and advertising um yeah there's still a long way to go absolutely and i know that you're not you're um not the first disabled journalist at all i know mm-hmm. there would be others like silly Wendley, for example that i know of and others who worked on attitude television, all of those sorts of people, have you had contact with them as well, and through through your reporting and also media work? Um, yeah, well, I used to work at Attitude Pictures. That's so that was, right. Yeah, so that was my first job out of uni, and I had a great time there. And it was really a good place for me to start because I was so yeah, not just bringing my own lived experience of disability, but you know. All, this, all the work they do is great in terms of, you know, good storytelling around disabled people. So I was able to, you know, bring that over when I came over to Stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, we have a great range of journalists at Stuff who come from various backgrounds. And, I think, yeah, yeah, we all do a, great work. Absolutely. There is a real diversity of people there now, mm. columnists, writers, journalists, who I see, for example, in the Sunday Star Times, which is one of your flagship companies flagship publications Mm -hmm. but anyway now shifting to you as a person how did you come to join our disability community and how long have you been within it um i i've been wanting to use this joke for so long and i'm going to use it now Um, (laughs) (laughs) i signed up for a seven day free trial and i forgot to cancel it yeah Okay, no, I saw that. I saw that on a meme um, that's, on Instagram. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I no, like it. But oh. for real, um, so I was born with muscular dystrophy. So um, yeah, so I've been disabled since birth, and I use a wheelchair to get around. Um, yeah. Yeah, good. And have you always? You pointed this out earlier. Have you always? Um, aspired to be a journalist or were there other careers that you wanted to go into when you were younger oh um yeah I think you know becoming a journalist was probably like the first serious one that I kind of worked towards but yeah when I was younger I probably I think I wanted to be a makeup artist at some point (laughs) I don't I mean I, I do like my beauty and fashion stuff um as a personal interest but um yeah I think I always knew I wanted to work in media Great. And now you've come to Dunedin in the past with a group of friends, as I understand it, as part of your podcast to experience what it was like traveling to and from Dunedin, from Auckland, as I understand it. And also the experience of getting around a different city. How did you find that? How did you find Dunedin? Yeah, um, we had a really good time. So, uh, last year, I produced a podcast called What's Wrong With You, and it was about uh, disabled people, and we did uh, interviews covering different aspects of life with a disability. So for our travel episode, um, we were like, well, we should actually do some real-life travel. 
just to illustrate what it's really like traveling when you're a wheelchair user. So um, uh, Rebecca Dubber and Grace Stratton, who are my co-presenter and producers on the show, all three of us who are wheelchair users traveled from Auckland to Dunedin um, and we met our friend Umi and interviewed her for this travel episode. Oh, yes, Umi. Yeah. So we, um, yeah, to be honest, I was so nervous because I'd never, I mean, I traveled by myself quite a lot um, and you just always know there's going to be something that doesn't go to plan. Um, but traveling with three of us in wheelchairs <laughs> is like next level. Um, and, you know, it's just, even just from the beginning of the trip, like figuring out the logistics about how the three of us were going to sit on the plane in mm. various aisle seats and all that type of thing, um, right to figuring out what type of rental vehicle we would get that we could climb into independently, but also fit us, our luggage, all the recording equipment and our wheelchairs. <laughs> um, so yeah, yep. there was just a lot of logistics and planning involved, um, you know, finding a hotel that could take three people in wheelchairs because we found a lot of hotels only have two accessible rooms and um, we were fine right. to share a room of course because we're all friends but um you know I think there were just all these different layers which people don't really think about and this was just like the planning beforehand do you know what I mean yeah yeah so, um but yeah no we had a really great time in Dunedin um we went to the farmer's market we did a great interview with Umi um we went to Lana Castle which was not accessible that's right um we, yeah I really wanted to go somewhere I guess iconic to Dunedin and it was just so unfortunate that you know it didn't have wheelchair accessibility to go upstairs and I understand it's an old mm, heritage building it is. but um yeah I guess it just kind of like made it you know made it clear that you know more needs to be done in this area Absolutely, and I'm glad that you went to some of our historic sites, even if they weren't completely accessible, and that you got a few photos of the registry clock tower building at the university and <laughs> our railway station, which are the most photographed buildings in the country, mm. by the way. So hopefully you'll be back to Dunedin at some stage to do more. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> okay, that's good. Just one last question. What do you foresee as being the role of disabled people in our stories in the future of both the mainstream and social media spaces? I think all people should be able to tell stories about disabled people well, whether they're disabled or not. Mm. I think we need a lot more education in general. I mean, I'm mm. only one journalist. I can't do everything. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a it's a you know it's a lot to take on my shoulders as one person um so I you know I can do better telling other stories about other minority groups I'm not a part of as well so I think overall we need to do better um but for me personally I think yeah still having that lived experience and authentic voice is really important as well um like I was saying you know I've had people approach me for stories that they only trust me to tell or that only talk to me because they know I can empathize and I can understand where they're coming from and it's not just you know the the disability on that day and one issue it's like you know it's it's the months it takes to you know apply for funding for something yeah you know the the daily you know you're just trying to go out for a drink at a bar and it's not accessible because there's stairs you know it's the day you know it's the daily constant um things that get you know that can get tiring so um I 
yeah so I appreciate people who reach out to me and um I you know I just am doing my best with the time and the resources I have and know that um you know I genuinely do care about the people that I write about and talk to um and hopefully through that yeah there's going to be better representation of disabled people in general and that's a very good place to leave our interview with Olivia Shebus. Thank you, Olivia, for coming on the program today. It's Thanks, been Chris. really enlightening. And people can see your work, your byline, under your byline in the stuff on the stuff website, can't they? Yes, and, and they can check out the podcast as well. What's yes. wrong with you? So that's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. Remember that those podcasts, What's Wrong With You with Olivia Shivas and Friends, obviously, on the on, that's on the stuff website too, I take it. Yes. Okay, so that comes to the end of our show for this week. We're back on Good Friday for another edition of DPA Notable Radio. That will be during the Easter break. Until then, take care, everybody. And keep well in this time and safe, of course, in this time of Omicron, COVID Omicron. Back on April 1st, Kakitiaro. We can dance if we want to, we can leave your friends behind. Because your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. We can go where we want to, place where they will never find And we can act like we come from out of this world, be the real one far behind We can dance Don't We can go if we want to, night is young and so am I And we can dress real neat from our hearts to our feet And surprise them with a victory cry we can act if we want to, if we don't, nobody will And you can act real rude and totally removed And I can act like an imbecile Say, we can dance, we can dance, everything's out of control We can dance, we can dance, we're doing it from all to all We can dance, we can dance, everybody look at your hands We can dance, we can dance, everybody's taking the chance Dance. Oh, let's save the dance. Yes, yeah, save the dance. We can dance if we want to. We've got all your life in mind. As long as we abuse it, we're never gonna lose it. Everything will work out right. I see. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your friends behind Because your friends don't dance And if they don't dance Well, they're no friends of mine I see We can dance We can dance Everything's out of control We can dance We can dance We're doing it from pole to pole We can dance We can dance Everybody look at your hands We can dance We can dance Everybody's making a chance Who will save the dance? Yes, it's safe to dance. Oh, it's safe to dance. Oh, it's safe to dance. Yes, it's safe to dance. It's safe to dance. Yeah, it's safe to dance. It's safe to dance.
Disabled Persons Assembly Notable Radio Show, a whole new attitude coming your way on Otago Access Radio. DPA is the voice of all disabled people, whether the disability be physical, sensory, learning, psychosocial or age-related. Tune in to hear how we can work collaboratively to achieve inclusion for all New Zealanders. DPA's Notable Radio Show, every second Friday afternoon at 1.30 on Otago Access Radio, 105.4 FM and 15.75 AM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.